Welcome back, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ on a Tuesday. Keep the text coming, 704-570-9610, and hit that follow button on the socials, at WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram, at Walker Mail, at Westbryan underscore 72, at HTB underscore Josh, and most importantly, at Wesson Walker on Twitter and Instagram, Campus Kona. Let's go there. You guys can tell I'm sure my voice is still recovering from Sunday. So feels like you were trying to fight through it yesterday, which I think you did a good job. Honestly, yeah, I didn't I see many ramifications, yeah. but today, today we hear it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> I got to nurse it back to health. All right, last night, the number seven, Duke Blue Devils, take care of business against Virginia Tech, a game that we thought could have them in trouble when you consider some of the woes that they've had on the road against the Hokies. But they were able to rally and get the job done, take care of business against Virginia Tech. 77-67, Duke shot 55% from the floor, a blistering 52.9% from three on 17 tries, held Virginia Tech to 27% from three-point land, and they got the victory. They out-rebounded them big time, plus 18 on the boards, were the Blue Devils. And so now with that win last night, what do we think uh, looking at them? Kyle Filipowski bounced back, had a better game than uh, what he had this weekend, 14 points, 8 rebounds. Mark Mitchell goes for 8 points and 8 rebounds. Jared McCain coming down off that 20-point per game perch that he was on, 9 points, 10 rebounds, though, so he contributed in other areas along with 3 assists. And Tyrese Proctor, Still playing well. Didn't have the gaudy numbers last night. 12 points, 5 assists. And Jeremy Roach led. uh, He was the second highest leading scorer. I was going to say he led all scores, but he had 16 points on 5 of 11 shooting. What do we think of Duke last night? I I just like the fact that they were in control of this really the entire time. After the 12-0 run, they didn't relinquish the lead after that. And so even with the Hokies cutting it to that 35-29 deficit at halftime, you still had Duke able to continue to uh, have control of that game and then win by 10 points. Like It wasn't a blowout, but it was just something where you felt, okay, the Blue Devils are going to be able to get this done. That's not the case against Georgia Tech. They very, barely squeaked that one out a couple of weeks ago and after losing to them early on in the season. That wasn't the case against Clemson, where even if I don't agree, Brad Brownell is telling you he felt the officials took that win away from Clemson in Cameron Indoor. Granny Pat didn't agree with me. Granny Pat, too. Granny Pat thought that game was taken away from the Tigers. <laughs> and if Granny Pat believes it, then you know what? I might be inclined to believe it as well. All right. All that to say, you know, Duke had control of this one. And I think they needed a win like this. And Shire seemed to think the same after him saying last night they played with a real togetherness and he was proud of his guy. Pretty, what'd you see from the Blue Devils? Anything scare you as we march towards the matchup on Saturday night in Chapel Hill? Uh, nothing necessarily scared me. I think they just continue, like, John Shire continues to impress me because quick turnaround on the road at a place where you've lost five of six would have been a very losable game against a team that um, is was trying to make a push for the NCAA tournament. Now they don't have one of those type of wins to really further their case. I thought Duke controlled the game. I was never worried in the second half that they were going to lose. You got, you know, 26 bench points um, from Young and Roach off the bench. Filipowski was 14 and 8. And as we've talked about all year long, when Proctor scores, this team's different. 
And for them to reach their ultimate potential, he's got to put the ball in the basket, and he did that last night to help them get the win on the road. All right, and so early in the week, and as I talked about Saturday, Duke will travel to Chapel Hill, and they will get it on and play one of the biggest rivalry games in all of American sports. And just, you know, we don't have to empty the clip here because we're certainly going to get into the weeds of this thing come Friday. And you're going to get into a great outfit, might I add. I can't wait for that. Yes, I am. Yes, this is going to be spectacular. And I've already been cooking up some extra ideas uh, to go (laughs) with that. But uh, when we look at this right now, when you look at scoring offense, we'll just keep it base level stuff for now. Carolina, the top scoring team in the ACC, Duke the third leading scoring team. Carolina averaging 83 points a game. Duke averaging 81. Carolina scoring defense sixth in the conference as opposed to Duke, who is fourth in the conference. What are some of our early thoughts as we think about this matchup? Because we got some games to go. Carolina plays tonight. We're going to get into that in a few but what are some of our thoughts uh, on this match? Well, I, it always goes to rebounding. At least it did when Roy Williams was the head coach, and then they got away from that a little bit with Hubert Davis. But here's Harrison Ingram coming in and being your big-time boards contributor alongside Armando Baycott. And the fact that those two can grab a bunch of boards, it has people writing in on the text line. Yeah, it's Jack writing in, yeah, Harrison Ingram is going to have 30 boards this weekend against the Blue Devils. And so I think that's something you have to look at. North Carolina is 23rd in the country at 41.3 rebounds per game. Duke is 217th in rebounds. Like, that's a big old uh, advantage for North Carolina. I I do think Duke is going to move the ball well enough to put a lot of points on the board. You went through some of the offensive tendencies for each of these teams, how much they score. But yeah, this is the top dog ACC showdown, and it will be interesting to see if Duke can make up some ground or if North Carolina continues to separate themselves as a tier all to themselves within this conference. Yeah, I think that coming into this matchup again, we know rivalry games. You have to throw the records out of the window. And for Duke, I think this is a chance for them to show that they really are the contending team that everybody thought they were going to be because uh, not that everybody thought this was going to necessarily be a runaway, but a lot of people coming into this season, especially off of UNC's failures from the previous year, thought that this was Duke's league to lose. And everybody thought that Duke was the de facto top team here. But it's no question about it that Carolina is the top team in the ACC. And so I think for Duke, this is a huge prove-it game for them. I know it's on the road. I generally like to take teams to split when they have really good teams. So maybe they don't get this one because it's on the road in Chapel Hill. But I think that this is a big spot for Duke. And I think that they need to at least show well against Carolina because they've been a buzzsaw. I mean, I've been reading you the stats after every game, how they've been beating people by 10-plus points, holding them to 70 points or less. Duke's another team that holds their opponents under their scoring averages on a regular basis. So this could be an ugly, nasty, low-scoring defensive game between these two. I love the guard matchup with Proctor and R.J. Davis and how uh, that's going to look. I know Duke's going to pay R.J. Davis a lot of attention. And I think this is a matchup that Armando Baycott really needs to come to the table and show his dominance as a big man. Him and Filipowski, that should be uh, fun to see as well. But, Fiddy, what are your some of your early thoughts uh, on this matchup? Um, I know you said it's one of the greatest rivalries in North America. I'll just take this opportunity to correct you and say it is the best rivalry, and it's going to feel like it. And it's going to feel like it for the first time since the Final Four game in 2022. The first time in the regular season since Carolina went to Cameron to end Coach K's uh, career 
in Durham, and you got two top seven teams or top two teams in the ACC, bona fide national title contenders. What more do you want? This is what this rivalry has produced um, historically. The last 100 matchups, Duke 52, Carolina 48. Duke's averaging 78.5 points per game in those 100 games, Carolina 78. So expect an even game that's going to come down to the final possession or two, and it's it's what this state does best. And at some point, we need to start remembering that this state's crown jewel is that Duke-Carolina game, and boy, do we have a great one to watch this Saturday uh, evening. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And so Carolina's going to need to take care of their business tonight. When you look at the slate of games, a couple of local teams going to be going at it tonight, a few of them to be exact. Carolina travels on the road to play Georgia Tech, who's 2-7 and seven in ACC play. Carolina's an 8.5-point uh, favorite there. Clemson will try to bounce back after that loss, after that game was taken from them. Uh, and Cameron Indoor Stadium, they would take on Louisville, and they are a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. That's a big spread. And NC State will pay, will get a visit paid to them at PNC Arena by the Miami Hurricanes. Two teams, that this is a big game for these two uh, at 5-4. and four. And so one of these teams is going to have to emerge. Tar Heels are 8-0 in January. Uh, they're just playing great ball. Georgia Tech is the last of six ACC road games. Uh, for the Tar Heels in January. And so do we think that any of these games tonight could have us coming in here uh, tomorrow surprise? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think last night I thought, okay, maybe Duke could struggle a little bit with Virginia Tech, yet that did not happen. And so if we're just looking at Georgia Tech and North Carolina, like, I, I think the, the test for the Tar Heels, it's all going to be about what happens against Duke, who is clearly talented enough to compete, and we know about the rivalry between those two. NC State-Miami is really tough for me to pick because at least the Wolfpack, they're not playing on the road. And so at, in this three-game losing stretch that they're on, they did have one home loss. The other two were on the road. Here they are at home late against Miami, as you mentioned. I, that one is a toss-up for me, but ultimately I, I relatively think that this is going to remain status quo. Yeah, I mean, NC State's 24-4 and four at home since the beginning of the 2022-2023 season. They're 10-4 in ACC home games and 14-0 and uh, against non-conference competition. But I don't like the way State's playing right now. I'm going to go with Miami to come in there and get that win tonight. Um, you know, I just think that Miami has a little bit more firepower. O'Meara's been on a tear. Uh, as of recent, Carolina's beaten Georgia Tech three straight and 12 of the last 15. I don't see any problems there. Uh, and I think Clemson, too, you know, they'll, they'll bounce back against Louisville. I'm not sure they'll cover the 16-and-a-half point. Uh, not that we're a gambling show, but uh, I think that they take care of business against Louisville. Fitty, do you see anything intriguing on tonight's slate? of ACC games. I mean, for Carolina, it's just avoiding the ultimate trap game. You're on the road against a bad team, but this bad team beat um, Duke and Mississippi State at home back in December, so they're capable. But this is a team that you should put away in the first half. I think for the NC State-Miami game, I think Miami wins, and I think it'll be the beginning of the end of Kevin Keats' time as NC State's head coach. Yeah, I mean, that's an intriguing thing, too, because I know that State fan base, you know, they started out the season competitive, and, you know, they gave Carolina – they had a good game going before Carolina pulled away late. So I know those fans are going to be looking uh, for them to get back on track. And as you said, if they don't, then Kevin Keats could be in major trouble.